You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco. Taco's having some fun here. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording Thursday, May 27th, in between games two and three of the Celtics versus Nets series. And we are joined by KJ Doyle of Guy Boston Sports, longtime friend of the show, uh, partner with them over there, pregame shows. You know him. You'll love him. How you doing, KJ? Uh, I don't know. Am I supposed <laughs> to say okay? I spice up the intro. You know what? You know what? I'm not doing okay. I'm in a really bad place mentally right now in relation to the Celtics. Okay, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's I mean, a fair statement. Fair they uh, statement. they uh, don't look too hot right too- now. Realistically, it's 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 looking ugly. It's looking like a potential sweep, which I know a lot of people were expecting going into the series. But after that little first half glimpse of hope in game one i think you expect a little more and maybe that's their own fault for getting expectations up but uh yeah you, you want to give us a little you know overall reaction to the Celtics so far kj obviously it's not going to be a very good one based on your initial comments but but is it not totally in character and keeping with the season for the celtics to get my hopes high and then immediately crush them uh, <laughs> thereafter so in many ways that that, that game one first half was um you know exactly what you should have expected and I mean, how do I feel about the Celtics right now? I'd probably say, you know, the same way I've felt for, you know, what, two weeks now? Um, the season's over, you know? How, I, I, I'll, I'll play the beginning of this video. This is how I feel. Here lies the Boston Celtics season. <laughs> no, it's not be over yet. That's the same way I felt for two weeks. Here lies the Boston Celtics season. It's dead. It's it's over. Like you know, I, I I mean that's how I feel. Quite frankly, I mean you know it's it's a it's frustrating. It's annoying. And by the way, when I talk about the frustration and the bad mental place I feel like I'm in right now in relation to the Celtics, I don't just mean on the court. Off the court, it's everything. It's a disaster. It's everything that. You know, it's funny because people talk about this season and say this is oh this is worse than the year Kyrie's last year here. And people debate that point. Now, right now, actively in this present moment, it is both of those years. It is still this year, how terrible that was. And now over the last few days, Kyrie's been back and in the news in Boston. So it has encompassed many elements and feelings from that year. So it is currently both of the worst two seasons that I've probably (laughs) experienced as a Celtics fan. Mm -hmm. Sam? Uh... Yeah, I mean, listen, they've had a rough go all year. You've had guys in and out, which sucks. And they really, you know, you would have hoped they would have been more consistent injury-wise. I think the training staff should be under fire. I don't know how many times i got to say it. But, I mean, now you've got this whole racism thing going on. I mean, not that it hasn't been going on, but it's just just an extra thing we all got to deal with now, you know? And Yeah, and I mean, it's... It's not necessarily fair to generalize the fans like that, but like obviously, like it happens. It's a tough, it's a tough line to tread talking about it, but it's See, for sure yeah. frustrating as a fan. Yeah, I, I was gonna, you know, not bite the bullet necessarily, but bring it up before we got going about it. But I mean, the Kyrie thing. On the one hand, yes, I understand the the general perspective of Boston fans saying you can't generalize. You know, fans like that, which I don't necessarily think you should be able to do. But at the same time, you can't can't discredit Kyrie Irving and 
what he's experienced. Because realistically, I know the viewpoint of, oh, that's not why Celtics fans are booing you. And while that might necessarily be true, I, I think that's probably not the main reason they would boo Kyrie. You can't say that they wouldn't use those type of, that type of language or those type of you know comments towards him in the process of booing him, which I think is the point. And then you have Marcus Smart coming out today saying, yeah, I've experienced in Boston. Uh, I've experienced that in Boston. It sucks. And I mean, Marcus Smart, you'd think being one of the most beloved characters in a Celtics uniform over the past 10 years. And if he's experiencing it, I can only imagine uh, what Kyrie Irving probably had to go through, especially as a an opponent. And I don't necessarily like Kyrie as, as you know, a, a player or a figure in Celtics lore or whatever, but you got to respect him as a human being, right? You can't, you can't use that type of thing. So that's unacceptable. Regardless, no, yeah, but. you don't say racial slurs to anybody. Exactly. So, I mean, but, but it's, he tried to make it seem like people were going at him because he's black and that's not why. And mm-hmm. plenty of places have discussed it. You know, I mean, what I said to you guys was his skin could be Celtic green. I'd still feel the same way about him. I mean, his actions were what got him in the hole. It's why people are going to be going at him. It's nothing to do with race. It's because he was a prick. Mm-hmm. He quit on the team in the playoffs. He, Shot his way out of town, said he wished he took he more, took shots, more promised, shots, promised uh, the fans uh, the that fans he'd be coming he'd back, things, back like that. things like that. I mean, what what else does he expect? Does he expect a standing ovation? No, no. KJ? Well, you know, and, and the last thing I'll, I'll say about it, because I don't think it's, it's certainly not our place. Uh, you know, they're much exactly. people, they're yeah. much, they're people much um more qualified to speak on this than than us the three you know white guys from boston talking about what a boston's yes. race yes, I mean, yes. I, I, yes you know so i don't want to go too far with it i just i wonder where it came from what was it because of course a lot of people have brought up the comments he made in 2019 and was he lying then because he wanted to play nice with the fan base that he was currently a part of maybe maybe he was lying then maybe he faced it before already and he just didn't want to say it while he was a part of the team I'll, I'll allow him that. And you know what? If that was the case and he felt like I can't say it while I'm part of the team, I would give him, I, I, I would say, you know what? That's fair. And I'll, I'll forgive you for that. I will not like, you know, to, so to speak, I don't know if forgive the right way, but you know, whatever I will, I will allow you that. And, and, uh, you know, uh, give you that pass on that. I'm not going to come at you for lying there or you are what anything like that. But if, if this is like stemming at all from, you know, what the fan reaction was for him or towards him when he didn't show up for that first game when he was injured and the posters that said you know had his face plastered over the garden it said you know coward on it or um the chance that the crowd threw out like where is Kyrie and fu Kyrie, all that stuff like if it's that stuff that he's referring to then he's just he's just mistaken and he's he deserves all that misrepresenting what that was and that's, he, de- he deserves think, every non-racist jeer insult unless it's like super personal that he gets yeah <laughs> over the weekend i mean there's no doubt about it and then trying to make the team and city look bad i mean listen it is it's something that happens that's not what i'm saying but it, it's it's a jab at the franchise and it's really like something that could impact free agents you know, people don't want to play in front of a bunch of people that are racist. If if you're a, a black guy or whoever, I mean, I mean, you don't have to be black to dislike racist people. But seriously, it's kind of I don't know. It's it's is it inappropriate? Maybe I understand 
you know, obviously you shouldn't be saying racist things to him. You shouldn't. Simple. But at the same time, that's not what it's about. And everybody knows that. I mean, I'm so happy yesterday we had the national media, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, you sent us the thing with Michael Hawley. Where, I mean, he's kind of a local guy, but still, they were discussing the issues going on, and they all said, like, people don't have a problem with him because of his race. It's because of what he did. And they also acknowledged there, there's racism everywhere. It's not just here. It's not, it's not Boston. It's not exclusive. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and- I can't speak. I mean, I don't, obviously, I don't experience it. You know, I, I've never, it's not something I will experience, but obviously, it happens everywhere. Such a, yeah. it's not conf- we don't ship all the racists up to Massachusetts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I think, like KJ said, we're not probably the best people. Not probably. We're definitely not the best people. We're not to experts. speak on this issue exactly. And we're not we, saying we, we are experience it. But um, I, I will say, if Marcus Smart's coming out and saying something like, "Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard a couple of things. It's hard to hear that and still have the people support us as players." It's kind of sad and sick. And it, it does acknowledge that it does happen. And I, I will say, I think. The reason Kyrie gets booed may be the fact that he left and blah, 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 all that thing. And I think that's very clearly the reason he will get booed. But I think the use of language like that in booing him for that reason is what he's probably explaining and what is happening, which is still as unacceptable and not okay. So that's the last thing we can say on the topic. Like KJ said, we're not the best people to be speaking on the issue. But uh, yeah, moving forward, Celtics game three. TD Garden, not full capacity yet. Game four will be closer to full capacity in the stands. Is there any chance? I mean, obviously, it'll help a little bit. Do, do we think the Celtics fans at TD Garden and that energy will push the Celtics over the edge at all? Do they take one of these games? Is it going to be a sweep? KJ, what are your thoughts on the series going back to the Garden? Is it, is it going to have any realistic impact on the series or are the Nets just too good? Um, I mean... No, <laughs> it's the Nets are just too good. It's the, you know, it's, I, well, honestly, whether they win a game or not is immaterial to me. It's just, you know, I, would I like to see it? Yeah. Would I enjoy it? Absolutely. I enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed Avery Bradley's game winner against the Cavaliers in 2017, which I still look back on and I'm like, that was a cool moment. It was a fun moment. You know, it's one we can look back on and uh, enjoy a little bit at least. But ultimately, like if, uh, we should be looking ahead to the off season, you know, it's not, nothing's going to happen in the next, um, you know, four days, five days aside from, you know, something like injury or something like that, which I'll knock on wood, but, um, you know, nothing's going to happen outside of anything like that. That's going to change what's going to happen this off season. It's unfortunate you know, they, they got a tough draw in the first round. Remember I talked about potentially tanking that first game and trying to, to get the eight seed to go into the Sixers, which um, some people think the Wizards do. I didn't did I don't think the Wizards did that. Um, I think we all agreed that, you know, if you did that, then it's too, too big of a risk because you might fall out of the playoffs altogether. So um, I, I think that's why it wasn't part of the equation and you know certainly what i did tatum's 50 point night in that plan for uh you know having the eight seed no because i think you'd probably lose the eight seed too but it's just it's an unfortunate situation they found themselves in and there's really not a lot they could have done about it it's this team with three superstars three of arguably the top 10 players in the league uh two former mvps within the last you know 
decade or so and it's just uh, yeah it's it's it, it was a tough draw and there's I, I don't i don't know what how much uh else to say about it they're they're i i would be surprised if they won a game i'll say it like that i, I think there's less than a 30 percent chance that they win one of these games yeah i i agree i think I I told you this last time, Jack. I I'll, I'll, I told you so. You, I think game one might have been their best shot. I'll welcome it. Serious, yeah, I'll welcome seriously, yeah, I because so. <laughs> I mean they they were in that game. They were playing hard. They were playing well offensively in the first half, and they they fell off. And they haven't got back on the horse since offensively. Doesn't help that Tatum got hurt, obviously. But I mean, he was still playing in the first half. Didn't play well. Maybe, maybe game four fans will give him energy. Game three is not going to matter. I mean, Baker, he doesn't care. I mean, obviously, why would he? He's a governor. But there's four hours difference between when they, they're going to lift restrictions and then, I mean, tip off. It's four hours. I don't understand why. They could have a grand. It could be the, the kickoff to no no more restrictions. You'd be on national TV for Massachusetts. You'd have a full house. Yeah. I mean, four hours is not going to make a difference. I don't. I yeah. I gen, I don't understand why the sell as an organization they didn't push. Like I mean, they they could have got to the governor and talked to him if they really wanted. I don't. I don't think they would have had that power. Like yes, they're a sports team, but I think that goes deeper than you know sports. What, I think that's just reason, a, a legislation. If, if you're the governor, what legitimate reason do you have to say no to that? You kind of have all, to listen to the honesty, state. I mean, it's just like state law, realistically. It's, I like, agree, it's less I to do with what he's It's an executive order. I, no, I agree I, with I, him. This is arguably the most, one of the most powerful organizations, companies in your entire state. They're holding a playoff game. It's going to bring in a lot of revenue if you add those extra seats. It's a, again, I, I, Sam, I'm going to hold back a little bit on the four hours difference because they're not a game happening at midnight, but there's a day of difference between when you're actually lifting the restrictions and everything like that. Like, just, you know, I, I, I agree with Sam. This is an important enough event that would have generated enough revenue. Forget about for the Celtics, but for the city, for the economy, whatever, like that, I don't understand the reason. I would all. say the same thing for the Bruins. If it was a Bruins game, I wouldn't understand why they wouldn't. And I don't I don't necessarily disagree with either of you. I think they could do it and it wouldn't be a problem at all. I just think it, it's less so. And this isn't me speaking. This is me trying to be from that perspective, whether I agree with it or not. I think it's just the principle of it. Like the 29th is the date that was agreed upon by the state. It's regardless of Celtic schedule. And like I said, I, I don't think it would be any issue to open up the garden on the 28th a little early for it anyways. But well, I, I think that's this is another this is another um, little um what, what should i say this? another thing that i feel like like we've opened up this show by talking all right let's uh two white guys that uh, probably have a combined iq of under 200 let's talk about <laughs> let's let's talk about medicine and racism it's like yeah. I, you know, you know I, so just like that conversation yeah that i don't know because is there some exactly. actual medical reason that yeah. it's like you, you know what you should probably wait the extra day Maybe, probably. I don't know. I, you no, know, there's so not. maybe th- there's maybe absolutely not. reason. I don't know. But on the surface of it, I look at it and I'm like, probably if you're gonna look, I don't know if they should be opening up anyway. I feel like opening up now as it is is kind of a risk. <laughs> I think it's scary at any time with the way the past year has gone. Right. Uh, but if they're terrifying. gonna do it the next day, then this game is important enough that like if you're gonna do it anyway, just do it the day before so you can actually get in that extra revenue. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, like I Rhode Island I, is already ex- open. Yeah. You know, yeah. like other states are already open and, you know, Baker just picked a day. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason medically or scientifically why 
you know, that is the best day. Because, like, I mean, in my state, we, we don't, I don't wear masks at the supermarket. I just went to the supermarket, no mask. It's weird. That's very weird. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'd probably still end up wearing a mask just out but of. You're like, fully vaccinated. I. It's still. It's just like and a so, habit. So is your like family. A, your family's know. fully hey, vaccinated. Well, I, see, you know what, Sam? I actually agree with Jack on this. I don't wear the mask. Even, I'm fully vaccinated too. I don't even wear the mask because to keep me safe. I just do it because I feel like it's the polite thing to do still for now. And then exactly. you know, and then you feel I like really, it's like um, uh, what 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 is the fucking thing I was comparing it to? It's like if you do it, if you don't do it, like people look at you funny, like that kind of thing. Kind of. Well, not like, even uh, like that. Just, just because it's like KJ said, it's kind of the polite thing to do. And KJ, you're on, you're on mute right now. I don't know if you realize that, but um, yeah. Well, the people that that wanted to get vaccinated, they got the vaccine already. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's still <laughs> KJ. I mean, you know, Jack, you you got the vaccine. You go. It was important for you to get it, and you got it. Yes, yes, I know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's not a stigma. That's not the right word for it. It's just like KJ said, the polite thing to do in my eyes. And I don't know. It's, it's a weird no, but you habit. Know what? For me, it actually is even like a little bit of like, oh, you know, you, uh, I don't, I just, it's like at the beginning of the pandemic, when people first started wearing masks, I thought it was weird to wear a mask and then everybody was wearing masks. So I'm like, okay, I'll wear a mask because that's just what everybody was doing. So I'm just trying to follow the status quo and like, if people would still, if the majority of people still prefer people to be wearing masks, then fine, I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Um, it's just at the grocery store. I'm going to be there for 20 minutes, then I'm going to leave. And as soon exactly. as I'm going to take it off. So I don't, it's not really too much of a hassle for me to exactly. put it on. I'm like, oh, it's not a hassle. Whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that, you know, people that didn't want to get vaccinated, I mean, they're not going to. And they had the chance. And, and I'm not saying they should get sick or anything. I'm just saying, like, they, they've, had plenty of time like how long but, how long and, and realistically we'll, though we'll move Sam, on after I, this because this is not yeah a yeah it's not it's not a topic <laughs> yeah but realistically those people who haven't gotten vaccinated yet and again we're not qualified to talk about this realistically but those are the people who aren't going to wear masks anyway sam so yeah, you know what i'm saying like <laughs> I, don't know. I have it, friends it, that are in that boat some of the cream uh, creme de la creme <laughs> so a weird topic to discuss let's rotate back to the celtics and basketball something i would argue we're probably more qualified to talk about a little bit um kevin durant on jason tatum has become a tiny little storyline in maybe not boston media but at least between us between twitter and everything he's beating up jt loki game one he hit him with those elbows Tatum got a tech i think maybe or maybe he just got in trouble with the refs a little bit and then game two obviously tatum went down left the game because kd poked him in the eye do you guys have an issue with the aggressiveness of kevin durant or is it just basketball and tatum's just on the poor end of it i would just like to say that um some would argue that i'm just as as uh equally non-qualified to talk about the celtics as i am these other things but anyway that aside (laughs) um that is not true (laughs) <laughs> the Kevin you watch Durant the stuff. games. You pay attention. You can talk. About it. Um, I'm just saying, someone argue that, Sam. Um, you know the the, the people who I mentioned on Twitter. Um, the uh, the Kevin Durant stuff. You know, I don't know where it's coming from, and I know that like Marcus Smart said before. I think just that he was he was glad that Evan Fournier did what he did. Uh, you know, as far as speaking up, like kind of standing up to Kevin Durant and calling him out, um, and uh, you know showing a little bit of aggression there towards him. Um, at the end of that game, and I, I think, you know, it's it's just it's just weird. It's just weird to wonder where it's coming from because I don't think, no, I don't think it's normal aggression. I think it's targeted, and he's being a little bit overly aggressive for some reason. I don't know if it's 
directed at Jason Tatum, if it's directed at the Celtics, if it's um, because he's try- out, you know, out to prove something this postseason, which certainly could be the case, and he's just kind of letting it that way. But whatever the reason is, it's definitely too much over the top, and like the referees need to regulate it a little bit more because that definitely should have been a foul. That it they play in game one, I believe. That that certainly both of them, both yeah. games. Well, you know, certainly I, I, I'm not sure exactly sure uh, how the referees keep missing this, but yes, those those should be, um, you know, he should be <laughs> called for fouls for those and. I don't know if they should rise to the level of flagrant fouls, but they, you know, it's 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 ridiculous what he's doing out there. I don't think it's basketball at all. Yeah, I, I agree, especially with the referee point. Now, listen, the, it, it's less about the like the game and more about the safety of the guys with the referees. Like one way, it's ticky tacky foul after ticky tacky foul down the other. And like I said, I don't really care because I mean, they're Andrew Shamit flopping all over. Yeah, the floor. I mean they, they're getting brushed and they're calling fouls. Tatum gets poked in the eye has to leave the game no foul no review nothing he's right in front of the referee he's holding his eye and he's falling down out of bounds i mean it's it's a long process too it's not it's not bang bang you can see he's in pain and then he decides to fall down guys just looking at him like yeah it's a what, mess. what kind of treatment to a star player and he is a star player in this league is that yeah i, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in you know, superstar treatment. But if you're going to do it, then do it. Make up your mind. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, uh, and I mean, actually, yeah, I'll call out the refs a little bit. Landry Shamit's getting brushed on a, on a screen falling down. They're getting the call. Tatum's getting beat up on the other end. And the refs overall, like not even just, you know, in in terms of bias towards the Celtics, they lost control of that game too. To to let it get to the point where Fournier is calling Durant a bitch, like, like, that's just, that's just the refs, the refs losing, losing control, control of the game, game. and I, I think that's I think a bigger, that's bigger issue. issue. And it's it's, it's gone it, throughout it's the NBA this year, in my opinion. I don't think it's just just this, this series. series. You know what I'm saying? Is it just me, or have the refs been like oddly just not good this year? Like they've gotten the worse, right? Like this year, you're saying this whole year? Yeah, this whole year. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I'd have to think about it for a while to really speak on that. I mean, no, they've been. I worse. think. People always have a problem with the officials. Uh, you know, I think year in and year out, there's always complaints about the officials and everything like that. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the... I, there's, I don't think there's any reason why they would have gotten worse. Like, there's, I don't think there were any major changes um, to, the, to the referees this season or anything like that. So I don't really know. I just... I think well, it's just... Well, they have been having to call up G League refs because of COVID issues. So that could play mm-hmm. a big part in it. So maybe that's it. I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it too much. But if that's the case, then that certainly could be it. Yeah. I mean, I remember when, you know, uh, the NFL had the replacement refs back in uh, whenever whatever that was. 20, I remember that. And I don't even like football, but I remember all the complaining. Yeah. Yeah. They they had the replacement refs because the I think the referees union was was upset with uh, their the their. Uh, I don't know if it was their salaries or something that was going on in, in that. They're, they're the um, kind of the collective bargaining agreement, I think, something within that. And um, they came up and it was awful. It was terrible. So certainly, yeah, if lower, uh, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, a, you know, you could talk about how the Celtics have had uh, to struggle this season with COVID replacements. You know, you bring up the lesser players from the bench and yeah, you're worse. And so, yeah, you bring up the referees who 
are from lower levels. They're lesser referees. They're not refereeing at the highest level. And I know people don't look at it the same way, but it is. Refereeing is a no, skill. It's a talent. Time. Like, there's, yes, there, there's skill and talent to being a good referee. And the best ones get to be in the NBA. And the ones that aren't, if you're using those guys that are on the, you know, uh, lower on the scale or whatever and uh, not, not at the highest level, then the, referee, the refereeing is going to be worse. A counter to that is, at least for the playoffs, I understand what you're talking about in the regular season because they did have the rotation, but the playoffs, they handpick these guys. These are like the making the playoffs is a thing for teams and officials. Like officials are asked to do the playoffs. It's like an honor kind of thing. Well, I, the deeper you get, the more of an honor it is. But they, it's an opportunity for them. They, they pick the best officials. So these guys should be consistent that are in these Celtic games. And I'm all for letting guys play. But if you're going to do it, then do it both ways. That's, that's all I ask. If you, if you want Tatum to get poked in the eye, fine. Let him get poked in the eye. But don't let Landry Shamit get brush calls. Don't let Harden fall down on three-pointers and call it. And it's, it's as simple as that. I think the league is too whistle-happy anyways. But I'm, I'm all for letting him play. Just do it both ways. The game two, game one was more both ways. Game two certainly was not. For sure. It, and, it's and also, think, but... not, not to interrupt, I had one more thing I remember to say, and it might be a segue. But I think it's also a reason for Boston's offensive struggles, too, because Tatum's not getting free throws, which is part of the skill in this t- today's game. He's driving to the cup, he's being somewhat aggressive, and he's, not, he's getting hit, he's not getting to the line. How, how is he supposed to score if he's driving on three guys and they're hitting him, and you can't call anything. Pass the ball, maybe. But still, if he's getting hit, you've got to call it, if you're going to call it on the other end. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think I did want to talk about Boston's offensive struggles, especially Jason Tatum, a little bit of Kemba Walker, even though he was slightly better in game two. It, it's just a matter of I don't think their offense is running the same as it was when it was successful this season. I, I think, obviously, the issue of Jason Tatum not getting free throws definitely hurts the team as a whole. I, I don't think uh, that obviously isn't a good he thing. He also might be free hurt. Better. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. From, from he, the eye He doesn't look 100 I mean, he is facing the 1,000% complete attention of the other defenses, yes. opposing defenses, but he also looks like he might be a step slow. But it's minor. Like, he's not going to mm-hmm. lose his career over it hopefully not yeah and Never i know. mean shout out shout out to marcus martin and fournier they both had really good games the other day kemba walker's still struggling he shot okay from the field but he can't make it three it's just it doesn't look like they're passing the ball with the same intensity or just playing offense with the right energy at this point and, and it's concerning because the nets aren't known for their defense but it looks like they're this all-worldly defensive team out there there's no jeff green for the next 10 days so that'll help a little bit i suppose but I don't really know what exactly is going on with the Celtics offense to the point where it's this bad. KJ, is there anything you're seeing out there? I mean, the main thing for me is the passing, but what are you seeing in the Celtics offense right now? I mean, it's more about what I'm not seeing right now. I think the biggest thing is what I'm not seeing, and that's Jalen Brown. Like, I, you know, I, I understand, look, they still have some some really good offensive players with uh, Fournier and, and, you know, Kemba and Tatum and, not all of those guys have necessarily played well this series, as we've already talked about a little bit, but having Jalen Brown would help a lot. I still think if you even had Jalen Brown, another big issue is that, yeah, sure, you have these guys, and they're really good offensive players, but they don't... I mean, and I say this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but they don't really hold the candle to Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. The Celtics have, 
even if the Celtics were fully loaded, they might have one player who can score as well as those guys. Might. And some people would argue they have no one who can, as, as any of those three. Some people would argue those all three of the Nets players score better than Jason Tatum. Now, you, you know, you can debate that if you want. But um, the simple fact of the matter is that the Nets are just so talented offensively that the Celtics pale in comparison. They've also struggled. Kemba Walker hasn't played good enough. If Kemba Walker plays better in game one and Jason Tatum plays better in the second half, they probably win that game. And that was the real, I mean, going back to Sam's point about the fact that you could have won that game, it, it really, it's it's frustrating to, to, that it came down to not the Nets started playing great, which they ended up playing pretty well in that game, not, you know, your, the fact that you just didn't have Jalen Brown or you didn't have enough. No, it was that the, the two stars you did have, the two guys that are supposed to be leading your team right now, didn't come through. And that's what I think should really frustrate a lot of people about game one. But, you know, it... it I, I, I don't know what it is because it's just it really it, that's the biggest thing about it is really that your stars aren't playing well, which is tough. It's you know, I know you, Jack, you don't like the way they play necessarily offensively, and I don't blame you for that. But you know, it's one thing when they're playing that way and you're like, well, they need to change their style, but they're at least scoring because there were games this season when you know. Brown got his, Tatum got his, maybe Kemba got his, but they didn't win. And you said, well, you, you know, yeah, they got, they put up their points, but they didn't, you know, do it the right way. And if you, you know, if they had gone about it differently and played a better team style of basketball, maybe things would have turned out differently. No, that now they're they're doing more than that, but they're not scoring. So it's like the worst of both worlds almost. To to back your point, KJ. Um, oh my God, I completely forgot this. Oh, game one. Uh, yeah, to back your point about game one, and you backing my point, I suppose. But with specifically the offense, and you said Brooklyn Stars played better. Yes, they did. And you're right. In the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, I believe they only scored, what, like eight points through like the first six minutes of the quarter, and then they went on a run. That was a big-time opportunity for the Celtics to get themselves back. And they were down three, I think, when or maybe even got it to one, if I remember. I don't know. But they had a big opportunity to go on a run, take the game back, and they didn't do it. And this is something that's happened all year. They haven't been able to capitalize on opportunities to take games. They haven't been good in the fourth quarter up until they went on that little hot stretch in April. They kind of figured it out. They need to be better. They need to execute. Even if you want to go back to last season's playoffs, they had the same issue. You had the opportunity to win that game, potentially get three nutcases upset with each other in the other locker room, and you missed it. And then they came out and kicked your ass the next game. Yeah. And, I mean, it's tough to win basketball games when Joe Harris, the fourth option, is that hot. And the reality the reality of it is, as annoying as it is. Back to the racism thing. (laughs) As annoying as it is, he is that good. And that's, I mean, Celtics defense was also poor, and I, I do want to talk about that. But Joe Harris, regardless of if you guard him, he'll make the threes. He's like a Duncan Robinson. He's like a Ste- not Steph Curry, but in terms of just stand and shoot, he's he's that guy. So uh, this does you know transition a little into I want to talk about the Celtics defense in game two because it's, it was such a steep drop off. I obviously made a pretty bold prediction last time we spoke, which ended up not being true in the slightest. But what did you I, say I mean, Kemba with thirty, Tatum with thirty, <laughs> and Celtics win? I said Tatum thirty five, which couldn't have been further off. Kemba with twenty, which he put up. 17 which isn't the end of the world he had an okay game um i said the celtics hold the nets to under 110 again which they did within i don't even think they held them to 110 in three quarters so it it was an ugly prediction it was a bold one i admitted that when i said it but 
Um, of course it was bold. And we Exactly. We, we'll let it slide. It's okay, Jack. It's all right. My point is, uh, what happened for the defense to take that steep of a drop-off from game one to game two? Do you think it was just, oh, the Nets were on offensively? But I, I, I don't think it was fully that. I, I do too, but I don't think it was fully that because the Celtics were just losing them at the same time. So what happened from game one to two, KJ? Do you have any ideas? Because I don't think it was just the Nets got hot. I think, yeah, they played better, but I think the Celtics still just had a steep drop-off defensively as well. You're muted again, KJ. Just a heads up. <laughs> KJ, we can't we can't hear you right oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about being muted there. <laughs> That's my fault. I mean, I, I do think it was a little bit of the Nets getting hot. I think that, you know, and I think, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it was just the Nets getting hot. I think it was Joe Harris getting hot. It was Joe Harris, like, you know, all of a sudden, he, you know, it's it's enough to deal with Kyrie and Durant and Harden. But then when it's Joe Harris, too, it's like, well, you know, pack up and go home, everybody. Like, you know, it's, you know, it, 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 I, I, and I've heard people say that, just like, it's hard enough when you're dealing with those guys. But then you have one of the best shooters in the entire league who's also, like, starting to be, you know, a flamethrower from out there. And it's just, like, over, you know? it's So, um, as far as what they can do, you know, I, I, I don't really know. A lot, look, the, the other problem with this and this series and this team is that they they don't really have a lot of shutdown defenders especially on the perimeter and marcus smart hasn't been as good defensively this season like i know and i you know if you look at i think uh i forget i know the nba math or whatever it is always tweets out the you know the the um offensive points added and defensive points added or something like that i don't know what it was exactly but um but Marcus Smart wasn't as high as he usually was in defensive points, you know, taken away or whatever it is, defensive points added, whatever you want to say. So, um, and beyond Smart, it's like Kemba's playing 30 minutes. He's not stopping anyone. Fournier's not a great defender out there. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's still a rookie. He's not going to shut anybody down. Neesmith's been okay, but again, still a rookie. Like, he's going to... He's going to really struggle when you ask him to guard Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving. So it's just you run into those difficult situations. And um, look, I mean, to your point, Jack, was it good in game one? It was pretty good in game one. They did better in game one. But like <laughs> in the second half of game one, Kevin Durant just came out and just the, from, from the beginning of the second half and just said, OK, I'm going to be Kevin Durant and do Kevin Durant things. And no one can guard Kevin Durant when he's doing Kevin Durant things. So it is a little bit tough. Like, if you're asking me, how do you guard the Nets? My answer is, you don't. <laughs> like, nobody, like, there is not a single team that has ever been constructed in the NBA that is, you know, is built to defend the Nets. And I say that with some hesitation because we talked before the playoffs about the 76ers and whether they'll be able to give the Nets some problems. And I still am intrigued by that because Ben Simmons and Matisse Teibel are incredible and uh, defensively in the backcourt. But, you know, uh, it's just, it's very, very tough to defend three guys like that. And there's really, there's really no way to do it um, beyond having all world defenders. Uh, it's, it, and even then you're, you're probably not going to shut them down. Especially when you're missing probably one of your best on-ball defenders in Jalen Brown, as well as your best offensive player. And a little live update for you: Kemba Walker now on the injury report for tomorrow, questionable with a bone bruise on his left knee. So get this training staff out of here! <laughs> I've had enough. Seriously, Definitely. but uh, let's get back to that so. defense because 
I really want to talk about I, I'm gonna defend them a little bit. And that KJ kind of touched on it. No pun intended. I mean, you you can really not do that much to stop these guys if they're on. You know what I'm saying? KD comes out, I believe he hit like a three to start the game. If not him, it was one of those guys. And it like you just knew you're gonna have a harder go than you did last time. And they did a good job in game one. They they played aggressive, they played hard, and they didn't do that in game two, to your point. But it also they got their back broken like right away, which sucks. Um, you know, the I mean, it takes a life out of you. The guy, white guy, runs around, shoots a bunch of threes, Joe Harris. Um he's well, just real, he's not he's missing. Nasty. What do you what do you need to do? Nasty. Exactly. Because if you focus on him, then one of those superstars that can create their own shot and score at will is going to get going. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's horrible. And there's I, the people kill me that are mad at Brad Stevens. There are people that are mad. At I Brad don't get Stevens. that take. I still don't get that take. People at my job tell me that Brad Stevens is the problem. I just laugh. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not paying attention. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think smart, by much. the way, probably been the best guy for this team in the series. Yeah, especially he's been great. He's been super fun to watch. Um, I really don't think there's much more to discuss um, until we see the games at the Garden. I think I'm predicting a sweep. Which, I don't think I'm the Celtics take a game. Unfortunately, I'm excited to watch them at the, the Garden. No, <laughs> of course. But um, before we start to wrap up here, we have maybe five more minutes. I do want to talk about what's going on around the league everywhere else. Sam, I know you're a Clippers guy on the low brutal. Uh, it's brutal <laughs> yeah, i mean i don't watch believe me i didn't watch anything i went home after that Celtics game i watched i went to a I friend's thought. house to watch the game and by halftime i was the only one watching it there's three people that live in there it was just me in my in somebody else's house sitting there watching the game yeah i, I mean clippers have looked ugly luca's getting whatever he wants and the um, lakers won oh mm-hmm. What a day. Unfortunate. Um, I, I do want to ask, what's your fun fact, though? I saw this on Twitter. The Chris Paul-led teams have lost the last 10 games officiated by Scott Foster. Oh. So uh, there you go. There's a little stat for you from last game. But uh, what have been your guys' favorite series to watch uh, in general? Because I'm, I'm so guessing I, Celtics isn't up there anyways. <laughs> I was just going to ask this. like, just And let me before I answer that, because I need a second to think about it. But what... So the three series tonight, it's um, Trailblazers, Nuggets, Suns, Lakers, and uh, Bucks, Heat. Um, rank those three games. Um, Lakers game is number opinion, one. Yep. Because uh, I care about that. I don't want them to win. I don't, I don't really care about any other series. Yeah. I'd probably go Lakers game, Blazers game, Bucks game, because I think the Bucks have such a dominating edge over the Heat right now. Like last game. So? that. That Bucks they, game. They slapped him in game two, and I agree. Ugly. You know, I'm not. I'm not denying that they slapped him around, but they played him pretty well in game one. They still but, lost. Yes, but that second game was uglier, uh, as I ugly if not it. uglier, it, it, as ugly if not uglier than the Celtics game two. It was that bad. It was they. They dropped almost fifty points in the first quarter, like that bad. That I so, did hear. I, did hear um, I think Miami's and, got more of a backbone than the Celtics, and they have more. Uh, I do hard, too, but hard playing guys than they have on this team. So to, I like, asked, and hockey isn't nearly as good as Brooklyn. I mean, I asked because I think all of them are really good. I really like all those series, even and like Suns Lakers. A little bit of a damper is being put on it for me because Chris Paul's hurt, and I'm like, great, Chris Paul's hurt Did again. Did he not like, play game two? He played. He didn't. He's just not. He, he didn't play down yet. the stretch. He he wasn't playing down the stretch of, the, of of game two, and I was like. 
where's Chris Paul? And I'm like, oh, no. Great. Yeah, okay. Here's the old, same old story with Chris Paul. Let us stop me if you've heard this one before. It's the playoffs, and Chris Paul's injured. Like, it, you know, it's it's just Shocker. it's frustrating. And I'm like, oh, like, it, cause, because if, if Chris Paul's not 100% or 90% or is not out there when the fourth quarter's, you know, the game's on the line down the fourth quarter, like, I'm pretty sure the Suns aren't winning. So, I, you know... I can't, I, you know, I, I, that's that's hurting that series for me as much as I like it. Um, Heat Bucks, I know people are saying, you know, like, game two was just a blowout. It was ugly. But I still think the Heat have this edge and this mental mental Great. thing that I, I'm interested in seeing if it comes back a little bit. Because having the way they won last year was just so damaging to the Bucks, And it yeah. seemed like you could see it in game one. In game one, it was like, here we I go. The Bucks are being the, the Bucks are you know mentally weak again, and they're gonna lose to the Heat. And then Chris Middleton has that hits that game winner, and like was that a turning point? Maybe, but I still want to see. I want to see what it looks like back in Miami because I wouldn't rule out the Heat winning the next two and then this becoming a real series. So I'm still invested in that series. I still think that could be a really really good series. Um, so I'm not giving up on that yet. And I, I and Nuggets Blazers, you know, for a lot of reasons is just really interesting. Um, I mean, you know, the, the uh, Faku and uh, CJ stuff from Game 2 <laughs> was fun. And, you know, obviously Michael Porter Jr., his emergence. Uh, Lillard, I know people talk about Aaron Gordon a lot and what he's doing for Nuggets. So it's just, it, that that's really fun for a lot of reasons, too. There's a whole angle with Carmelo Anthony in Denver. Like, there's just a lot of really fun stuff. But you asked what my favorite series was. Personally, I have to say it's been... Nick's Hawks. Like, I've okay. loved Nick's yep. Hawks. He's spit on Trey. Imagine if that happened in Boston, by the way. I mean, God, yeah. I, Trae Young. But Nick's Hawks, it's just, it's everything I love about the NBA. And I've talked to you guys about this before, but my favorite 30 for 30 is winning time. Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like Trey Young's the new Reggie Miller. It's like Great. Knicks fans just Great. hate him. And it's hilarious. And I love it. And he's like, He's it's he's taken on New York, you know. He's doing the whole thing. It's 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 perfect. It's and I I already like Trey Young, so it's like him fitting into that role is like awesome. It's like it's it's the '90s remake I I wanted. Get Space Jam two out of here. I want the part two of this uh, Reggie Miller thing. Sure. So I yeah I I th- that's been the best to me so far, and I hope it it continues. I I wish they could play every game in Madison Square Garden. But, um, you know, I, I'm comforted at least knowing we'll have at least one more, hopefully two more in MSG. That would be really, really great. For sure, yeah. And unfortunately, we, I do have to wrap up here because I've got uh, other things. But um, thank you so much for joining us, KJ. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the Grizzlies Jazz Series. That's been my favorite so far. Uh, John Morant's That's a good one, too. It's been a really good one, yeah. That's been amazing. But, uh, yeah, make sure to go follow KJ on Twitter at ByKJDoyle. Make sure to check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. I really appreciate those guys over there. Thank you to KJ for joining us once again. Uh, follow us at Bannertown USA on Twitter. I'm Jack Simone, NBA on Twitter. Uh, and Sam, go ahead and wrap us up. Yeah, Space Jam 2, by the way, the remake. No, Nobody wants to see that movie. Uh, but, yes, uh, follow the guys. Thanks again, KJ, for coming on. We always have fun with KJ. He's with us on the pregame all the time. We love him. At, Pi, at by KJ Doyle, give him a follow. At Jack Simone NBA, give him a follow. Follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. I'm Sam LaFrance at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye.